Um, we're rolling out a, a new couple of programs here, well, three programs actually, and we're calling them support circles, moving forward discussions, and social justice. And the subtitle on this is um, Programs for the Heart, the Mind, and the Body. Um, can you give me the next slide, please. Uh, so why are we doing this? Um, let me give you a little background. Um, after the election in, um, in November, we found that um, many members of our congregation were um, uh, feeling disturbed, uh, out of balance, um, and um, feeling a need for emotional support, for one, and that gave us the idea for doing support circles. Uh, a second thing was uh, trying to understand uh, unfolding events, and that gave us this idea for moving forward discussions. And also, um, people felt um, a need for um, refocusing on social action. Uh, so that is, uh, plays into our social justice program, which uh, has been ongoing and has um, been revitalized recently. So in, um, in November and December, uh, Tyler Taylor, uh, Tina Dio, and I, I'm Evan Rose, uh, had some discussions about how we might put together some programs at our church um, to deal with um, people's need for connecting with each other and approaching these issues in a constructive way. Uh, can I have the next slide? Oh, good. Um, so the one I had enthusiasm for was um, support circles. And I've copied some of the text here that you could see in the, uh, in the voice, um, but I'll read it to you. Um, if you're feeling some emotional distress and are looking for a place to talk, then support circles might be for you. This program is built upon the covenant group model. It involves getting together with a small group of people in a facilitated session of about one hour's duration. Participants speak about how they are feeling and listen to others speak from their hearts. There is no discussion, just speaking and listening, from which arises a greater sense of being heard and being part of a larger group. And um, that grew out of the covenant uh, groups that we've had here at the church. And we've done that pretty much every year for probably half a year, four or five months. Um, and people really get a lot out of that. You get a chance to practice deep listening skills. You get a chance to talk. Uh, and you also do this in a safe environment. Um, one of our, our covenant um, clauses is that we keep things confidential and within the, within the group. Uh, I've done that several times. I've led it a few times. And I find that it's... Um, it's almost like a meditation in a way because you come feeling uh, having a greater sense of being connected and um, some peace of mind from that. And so my um, looking at that gave me the idea that I would go in that direction. Um, can I have the next slide? Um, then another one uh, that Tyler Taylor is um, was instrumental in putting forward is this moving forward discussions. Um, do, do you want to speak to this? Do you, okay. Do you want to read this part? Or do you, or, or I'll just give this intro. Okay. 
Um, and so let me re read that part too. Uh, perhaps you would like to better understand current events and you have a need to say that there can be positive outcomes. Then moving forward discussions might be for you. This group will get together monthly for a presentation and a facilitated discussion in an hour and a half session. This is a group for those who want to step back a bit in trying to understand what is happening, put that in an historical context, and consider what response options might best fit each person. Okay, so we talked about the support circles being sort of the heart piece and um, the, um, the moving forward discussions is, um, is the mind piece here. And now I'll just give a, a, just a short intro to the social justice piece, but uh, Tina will talk about that a little later. Um, can I have the next slide? Uh, so for social justice, Another possibility is that you're interested in taking action. Then social justice is the place for you. The Social Justice Committee is meeting once again and planning various activities in 2017, such as participating in the Women's March on Washington by gathering in Santa Fe on January 21st, that's next Saturday. Um, this group provides an opportunity for you to act on your convictions. Okay, so we have the heart, the mind, the body. Um, so what we'll do now is I'll talk a little bit about the uh, support circles, followed by um, Tyler, who, who will talk about the moving forward discussions, and then Tina will say something about the social justice program, and people will have a chance to ask about this. Now, we're rolling out the, um, the, those first two sections uh, two, two Saturdays from now on the 28th, and so this is a chance for people to understand what they would be getting into, and we'll also send out information to the congregation, um, especially for people who aren't able to come today. Um, so let's see, uh, sports circle ones. Uh, the, the next, the next slide, please. Okay. Um, uh, so these sessions are, are using the, the Covenant Group uh, format, as I mentioned before. Um, let's see, that one I should have. Um, yes. Um, and I give you a reference there to uh, Heart to Heart. Um, uh, that's a book by uh, Christine Robinson and um, Alicia Hawkins. And they put together a nice program for their covenant groups, and they actually publish three of these books. And the books tell you how to run the covenant groups and, um, and uh, give you samples of, uh, of topics. And we use this in some of our covenant groups in the church. Um, uh, so I'm just going to read from the slide. Um, a topic is announced uh, each session so that members of the support um, circle can be prepared. So the idea here is you don't just sort of come walking into the church on a, on a Saturday and sit down and, and start um, just from, from zero. You know something of what to expect, and you can do a little homework ahead of time, and you can kind of think about what you want to be speaking about um, when it's your turn. Um, there'll be a facilitator. Each session starts with a check-in and a reading, and that process is um, designed to get you to to put, put aside the, um, uh, the, the outside world and, and start to focus. You know, if you come in and you say, well, I've been dealing with this 
uh, problem with my family. You can sort of let people know that that's, that's where you're coming from, but you can put it aside. Okay? And that actually works pretty well. Uh, okay, so we have the reading, we have that check-in period, and then we have an opportunity to speak. Uh, each per- person speaks from their own experience and convictions to share personal thoughts with others in the circle. And that's very important because um, it's a different kind of communication than we're used to. Very often when we speak uh, with other people around, there's a give and take. And this doesn't really have a give and take. It's one person speaking and other people listening. And then it's the next person to speak while other people listen. But they don't speak to each other. They're not speaking to the, the, the previous speaker. So that's a little different. They're speaking on the same topic, but each person is sharing their thoughts. Okay? And so that's one of the things that um, is often very difficult when people first start in a, in a covenant group uh, or the, the model that we're going to use with these, uh, with these support circles. Um, but it, it has a... Um, a real benefit. So practicing mindful listening is the key to the success of the process. One must put aside the impulse to re- respond, to debate, and to fix a problem. One listens and accepts the validity of another person's statements. Okay? So this is something that um, uh, nonviolent communication, people may be aware of this. It's, it's speaking from the heart, and it's talking about how you feel. If you talk about how you feel, there's really not a repose to that. There's really not an argument against how you feel because it's valid. How you feel is how you feel. And so you're sharing that. And that's what this is about, is sharing that. And in hearing how other people feel, often you can draw a connection with yourself. It, it can give you other ideas. Um, and so there's, it's a nice process that goes on. Um, can I get the next slide? And, and so that's what I'm saying here, that, uh, that deliberate speaking and mindful listening without discussion has a real benefit. And I think it has a benefit in, in times of turmoil, where you can talk about it, you can hear other people talk about it, you're together. Um, okay, so how does this work in practice? Well, we have some sort of token. Often it's like a little stuffed animal or something, like a speaking stick. And you pass that around the circle, and each person gets a chance to decide, do they want to speak right now or do they want to pass? And if you want to speak, then you speak. Um, typically, it's just a couple minutes, um, something fairly pithy. It's not, a, um, it's not an essay kind of thing. And, um, but but if, you've, if you've passed the, the stick or the, um, the token and you decide uh, later that you would like to speak, you get a chance to speak. So if you're just not ready or you don't want to go first, that works out just well, um, just fine. Okay. And then typically you go around uh, once or twice, um, depending on what the topic is, and there may be a second subsidiary topic where you do a similar thing. And then we um, uh, we end with a checkout. You know, people just sort of say how they're feeling on the on the way out of this process, and a short reading. Okay. Um, the sessions are confidential. Members of the circle agree that they will not speak to others about what is said in their support circle. And that allows people to speak freely. And so you know who you're talking to. You're talking to 
the people, the, there are half dozen in the group, you're talking to those people and you're sharing with those people. You're not sharing with the whole congregation. You're not worried that somebody is going to take your words and go talk to someone else and someone else is going to see you at coffee hour and say, hey, I heard that you think this. Um, that's, that's not the idea behind these circles. We guard against that. Um, next one. Okay, so I'm sure people are wondering, you've got this program, what's it going to be about? And so um, I took some time just to, to lay out what the, the, three, the three sessions I have in mind would look like. Um, so the first session on January 28th um, is about reacting to a stressful situation. The second one is about dealing with emotional stresses. Okay, so there's reaction, there's dealing, and then the third one is finding some enduring solutions to, to your stress. Okay. Um, can I see the next one? So let me go into a little more detail about what does that mean. Um, so in the first session, it'll be about it'll be 15 minutes longer than the others. I've, I've set these to be an hour apiece, but the first one I want to be an hour and 15 because we need to sort of set up the ground rules. You know, what is this program about? Um, what are its goals? What are its methods? What does it mean to be in a covenant? You know, let's get this straight. Um, how do we take turns? How do we uh, guard against you know speaking back to what someone else has said or going on too long? Um, just kind of rules of the road. And then the um, that first topic, uh, reacting to the stressful situation, the particular is um, the election's impact on me. So the first round is, um, um, sorry, yeah, the first round is how do you feel about, did you feel about election night? Describe your emotional response and why did you feel that way? So, for example, if, if, you, if you saw this happening and you're very concerned about, let's say, women's rights and uh, you think that maybe women's rights may be at risk and so that is the source of your stress, you could speak to that, okay, just as an example. Um, uh, second round would be how are you feeling now and why do you feel that way? Okay, since the election was two months ago, um, we can talk about how you felt that night, but I think more pertinent is how are you feeling right now? because it's been a while. And, you know, possibly you're feeling anxiety, um, betrayal, disappointment, or maybe you're feeling anticipation, hope, or faith. Maybe you're saying, you know, there's really some things that are broken. Those things might, might come, uh, might be fixed, but you still may be feeling stress in that situation. Um, can I have the next one? Um, so the second session, um, and that was the one uh, dealing with emotional stress, is... Um, uh, my personal solutions. So how are you coping with personal stress arising from the current events and what is working for you? Okay. So are you avoiding the TV? Are you not reading the newspaper? Or are you, you know, are you doing avoidance? Or are you embracing things? Just how is that, is that working for you? Uh, maybe you have support from friends and family. Uh, you found inspirational readings or you've come to terms in acceptance, um, and that's how you're dealing with that. And then the third section, which um, is to be finding enduring solutions to stress, is um, I'm calling healthy behaviors. And that's sharing, you know, what are you doing actively that is beneficial to you? Are you going out and jogging to get rid of those, uh, those tensions? Um, 
Uh, maybe you're volunteering for a cause you believe in. Maybe you decide, well, I'm going to go to Habitat for Humanity and I'm going to build something. Um, maybe you're meditating, meeting regularly with friends. You know, what are your are your mechanisms? You know, how how have you, if you have, how have you gotten over this 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 period? And then um, there's a chance to share that with other people in the group. And so you have some ideas that you share, and they have ideas that they share. Um, and then could I have the next one? And then I'll invite Tyler up here. Tyler. Good morning, folks. Um, the, as you can tell from what Evan's already said, the um, moving forward discussion groups is going to have a bit of a different format to it. Um, they will both start on January 28th. But um, before I kind of get into really sort of talking about how the nuts and bolts of this look, um, I think it would be valuable just to kind of give you some background about the the concept. The um, What happened for me after November 9th was um, that I started having a lot of conversations with my primary care patients and realizing how disturbed, distressed, a lot of people were, and uh, that I was, and um, we did a lot of commiserating, and mostly that would end up with us going into what we were worried about and sort of catastrophic thinking. Um, we'd end up sharing our anger, our confusion about uh, what all had happened during the election. Um, as you can tell, I was an unbiased uh, uh, so, <laughs> uh, a participant in this election. Um, so uh, it started just gradually occurring to me that I really f needed to find uh, a less negative framework if I was going to get through the next couple of years. And um, and it seemed like that was probably true for a lot of the people I was talking with. And um, so this idea of having a moving forward discussion group, as we've ended up calling it, just started growing for me. Um, and I think a, a way of looking at it is, if you think about this SWOT, the SWOT model that sometimes businesses use for analyzing their situations, that thinking about the opportunities and threats part um, is kind of a helpful way of coming at this. Um, with this being Martin Luther King Jr. weekend, um, you know, I think it's a good moment for us to step back and reflect on um, the fact that in 1963 in Birmingham, which is my hometown, um, things were really pretty scary. Um, fire hoses, dogs attacking children, hundreds of people in jail, a church bombing that kills four girls um, in 64. You know, George Wallace and Bull Connor are the voices of hatred and racism and oppression 
um, all across the South and really across the nation. 1965 in Selma, you know, people are getting their heads beat in on the Edmund Pettus Bridge. Um, people are getting killed in, 18, in 1965 in Mississippi and in Alabama because they're fighting for civil rights. So um, people at the time could look at that as being a, <clears throat> a threatening time. They could see it as um, things that stirred up a lot of fears about lawlessness, um, damage to local businesses, the possibility of a race war starting in this country. Um, but buried within those events were opportunities. Um, and now, with our wonderful 2020 hindsight, we can see that out of those bad years, those scary, hard years, came voting rights, um, integration of all the public spaces in the country, um, affirmative action, and, and in some ways Medicaid came from those years. And there were many more changes that came. And so um, there were opportunities that were born out of those hard years. So how do we kind of balance our awareness that there are some things that are feeling pretty threatening about the, about the present um, with the opportunities that may be just kind of lying um, here at the same time. And I think any of us who watch the mainstream media um, right now can pretty quickly end up drifting towards uh, feeling a pretty significant sense of danger and outrage. Um, and that can then lead into feeling fearful, feeling angry, just getting kind of overwhelmed by it. Um, and then eventually, I think it's n not surprising that people may end up just feeling despair and hopelessness. Um, we're not all there. We're not all there all the time, but we probably get there some days and sometimes. Um, so um, what if we make a conscious effort to focus on the possibility of some few good outcomes coming out of this, this time of great upheaval in the country? And I think in order to do that, we have to take kind of a five to ten year viewpoint of um, what may come down the road. But... Um, you know, if if we can do that, and that's what this group is about, um, the um, there's the real chance, I think, for people to start to feel a little bit of hope, <clears throat> some encouragement, and then eventually have that sort of grow into a sense of sort of determination and creative thinking about how do they want to move forward. Um, and so, you know, when good people consciously make those kinds of efforts, I think we all know that surprising things sometimes come about um, that are very positive. Um, this can sound awfully theoretical, um, so I figured, well, let me just give you a few things I've sort of tried to imagine. Um, these are not predictions. They may certainly not come to pass, but um, for me, as um, somebody on the pretty far left of the spectrum, 
um, it's interesting and, and helpful for me to just think about these possibilities. Um, uh, I think it's possible that we could end up with <clears throat> social ripple effects from this election that will make us where we have a much higher level of skepticism in the country about the place of the Internet in our society. Um, we could end up saying, you know, we see what hackers have done. We see what fake news has done. We see what trolls have done to our dialogue. Uh, we, we want to set some future sort of social boundaries around all of that and, and have a higher level of awareness of the troubles that, that all can bring. Um, I look at the fact that um, there's been an awful lot of rhetoric over year, recent years from far-right politicians, and, and I see some hopefulness in the fact that they will now have to roll out the programs that they've been talking about. And um, let's see what happens when the rubber meets the road. I don't think that's necessarily going to go at all like they might envision. Um, so I see that as sort of hopeful. I think it's a time where the mainstream media is being really tested by fire. And sometimes that kind of testing can be beneficial, Make, get a number of those outlets to really do some hard soul-searching about how do they want to do things differently in the future to keep their credibility at the highest possible level. I wonder about non-voters that huge number of people every four years or two years that doesn't show up, are they now, based on what's coming down in the next year, are they going to think twice at the next election about staying home? That could certainly be a positive outcome. Unitarianism may thrive. <laughs> um, you know, I think in communities that... Um, are very conservative communities. A lot of times Unitarian churches have a, a real strong um, sense of community uh, within them. Um, so we may see that happening on a bigger national level. And then something dear to my heart, which is all these years I've waited to see a single-payer health care system come about. Um, you know, I think if... <laughs> If we end up uh, wrecking the one we have, then who, what knows, who knows what may come out of the ashes, right? Um, so that, that's a possibility for five to ten years down the road. I, um, so um, Tina Dio and I have talked about this program, this discussion group, a good bit. And I think um, we um, have... Um, some real goals for this. Um, we particularly um, want people to feel heard um, as they're discussing different issues. Um, we want them to sort of have a sense of feeling connected to one another as they kind of learn more about these issues and discuss them, um, sharing in, in different perspectives we want it to be um, a program that where it's helping people really clarify their thoughts and their beliefs and uh, eventually helping them to sort of decide how do they want to move forward um, after the 
program is over. We're envisioning this being a five-month um, endeavor. The um, it's it's been very much on my mind that at first this was really about the election, but really this is going to be a very hard year. I think uh, sort of week after week, month after month for progressives in America, and so there's going to um, be a lot for people to process. Um, and um, so five months seems like kind of a, a minimum amount of time to, to a lot for that. <clears throat> Tensions are running high, obviously, and um, it's really important uh, for the conversations to be respectful. Um, so we will have a facilitator um, and who will be there for each group, and that will be a big part of their role, um, along with other parts. But um, want to put a real premium on people speaking to each other um, consistently in respectful ways. Um, each session will have sort of three parts to it. There will be a beginning time for people to sort of check in about where they are with the um, sort of socio-political, moral issues of the day. That will be pretty brief. There will be some sort of presentation. Um, it might be a speaker. It might be a video clip. Um, it may be kind of a little bit of a talk about an article that uh, people hopefully have read before they come in. And then the last part, um, probably 30 to 45 minutes, will be discussing um, the information that we've we've gotten. Um, so it's not entirely mind and head oriented. There will certainly be some some feeling uh, components in here as well, and some supporting of each other. Um, and some of the topics I've sort of envisioned us going over, and that Tina and I've talked about, um, Evan and John have weighed in, um, is um, looking at the grief model and how that might help us um, looking at some historical perspectives on uh, very trying times in U.S. history, world history um, that might feel sort of comparable. Focusing some on the psychological aspects of mass communication and, and um, things that might help us to know about that and think about. Taking a look at some of the roots of our democratic institutions and principles um, that would include um, a very interesting piece I've seen on um, the Electoral College and, and the roots of that. Um, and then towards the end, bringing in well, what are some of the thought leaders of, of folks that we might particularly tend to respect? What are they having to say about where we are right now in America? Um, so um, that's kind of the content of, of what these five sessions would look like. I really want to try to um, avoid... What occurred to me last night would be the three P's, 
and that is um, a lot of platitudes, uh, a lot of Pollyanna sort of thinking, and also avoid people feeling pressured to get to a certain point um, in their their planning, in their emotional state. Um, I think we want this to be a very individualized sort of experience, but that we will all share together. There's really no preordained outcome for anybody. We will just be, for five months, sort of traveling compassionately together. So the nuts and bolts of this are that um, the, uh, the for the moment, the plan is to have these be on the last Saturday of each month. So this month, that would be January 28th. Have it start at 1 o'clock. The first session would be a little longer. There's kind of more ground to cover kind of logically. So it would run from um, 1 till 3. There'll be a break in the middle. The future sessions after that, the next four would be, um, they would also start at 1 o'clock, but they would run for an hour and a half. Um, the ch- it'll occur here. Um, it, we'll have to see how many people sign up to know which room we'll be in. That can be determined later. <clears throat> um, it'll be open to all the members and friends of the church. Um, and um, we certainly wanted to also open it to people that we feel might really like to participate so there you can invite people to come in and join in we did not want to open it up and advertise it in the paper open it to the whole community there's just a little too much risk of people coming in to sort of be disruptive um There will be a cost for this, but it will be minimal. It's $10 a person uh, for the five-month program. That's to help cover the cost of food and supplies. Um, And that's not a refundable fee if people decide not to participate. If that's a burden on anybody for financial reasons, we can waive that. Just let us know if, if you need that. Um, would like to have people sign up uh, so we really have a good sense of how many people are coming. Um, and since this starts January 28th, the sign up by the 25th would be um, really important to, to, to have accomplished. There's um, a sign up, I'll have a sign up sheet out uh, today, um, and there will be, it will be out next Sunday as well. You can also um, email me or Tina. Um, there's flyers up here on the stage, and um, if you, um, and it's got our email addresses, it's also got a summary of everything that I've, I've just said. If you want to take it and think about this some more, or if you want to share it with some people you know so they can think about whether they might want to participate. We do need a minimum number of eight people to make this work. So um, my guess is that's not going to be hard to accomplish, but um, that's the minimum. If people decide they want to join in late, um, that's okay. 
they may not get as much out of it if they've missed the first session or two, but uh, that's, that is an option. So um, I really look forward to seeing many of you participate in the next couple of weeks. It's not going to be for everybody, but uh, I think it will benefit a lot of folks. Thanks. I have a couple minutes, I think. <laughs> we can get my computer. Oh, darn. Hold on one second. So this is the third part of our program, um, adult RE program. Um, like we have heard, it's the mind, the heart, and the body. Um, and if you're like me, I'm a very kinesthetic, um, intelligence learner person. Um, and this involves that. Um, so social justice and social action, responding with our body, using our hands and feet, right? Um, so we use our minds, we use our hearts and we use our hands and feet. And I wanted to say that this is an exclusive that you have to choose one over the other. You can do two, you can do one, you can do all three if you want. Um, so please, yes, join us for um, whichever intelligence is your preference, um, or if you want to go out of your comfort zone and try something different. Um, so uh, social justice, social action, um, one of the ways right now um, that you can get involved with that is we have our social justice committee that um, has just re been revived and our next meeting is this Tuesday evening. So if you feel so inclined to join and hear some of what they are doing and what actions they are taking, please come to that committee meeting on Tuesday at 7 p.m. here. Um, they're working on healthcare issues, they're working on women's rights issues, Black Lives Matter and Surge, which is standing up for racial justice, it's the white ally group. Um, refugee aid, resettlement, Standing Rock support, bystander intervention trainings, partnerships with Tewa Women United, and sexualities and genders justice issues, um, and more. Um, so please come to that um, if you so choose. Um, the Women's March is happening, as many of you heard, next Saturday. Um, we're going to meet here at 8.30 um, and make posters, get ready. 9.10, we're heading down, and we're meeting with Santa Fe UU. So we're parking in their parking lot and doing some shuttling if people need it. If you want more info, ask me after. We're also looking into some bystander intervention training currently with the Social Justice Committee. Um, and this is through IMPACT, um, an organization, self-defense organization in Santa Fe, and it's actually global. Um, so we're looking into that opportunity. Maybe in March we'll, we're looking into that currently. And this is stuff like, what do you do when you see a woman in a hijab being harassed? Um, what can you do as a bystander um, rather than just stand there and do nothing, right? Um, so be ready to act with your body. Um, social justice and social activism can happen on the fly. And this is the, the thing that, that we, like, you know, I, I like to plan things, right? We all like to plan things. Plan ahead, plan ahead, preparation. 
Social activism sometimes doesn't always give that preparation time, and you've got to be ready. So that's what these programs that we're helping you with, education, emotional support, um, all of those things will help you be ready to take action when needed, right? Um, and so we're not always given that, that time. Um, and um, we might be going to demonstrations, protests, movements, um, but we have to be ready. So um, that is some of the social justice, social action part of this program. Thank you. Thanks, Tina. Um, we're kind of out of time in here, but uh, what we'll do is we'll go over to the uh, coffee room over here, the um, fellowship hall, and uh, we can continue our discussion there, and people can ask questions if you'd like. Um, so see you over there.